Good morning, and welcome to episode 741 of Effectively Wild, the daily podcast from Baseball Prospectus, brought to you by the Play Index at BaseballReference.com, which I've been using pretty much all morning, incidentally. Uh, I'm Sam Miller, along with Ben Lindbergh of Grantland. Hi, Ben. Hello. How are you? All right. Good. What about you? What have you been using all morning? I watched The Walking Dead. Mm, a television brought yeah. to you by brought to you by an American-made television. Good wife. Uh, yeah. That's about it. Uh huh. That was an awful episode. <laughs> Wasn't the best. It was so bad. <laughs> it felt like it went forever too, which is not normally a feeling that you get watching no. The Good Wife. Normally, it's one of those ones you look up to see how much time is left because you want there to be more. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. So a uh, bunch of Stuff happened this weekend, and uh, we're going to mostly, I think, entirely limit the conversation to uh, the Utley slide situation, and then um, we'll probably catch up with the rest of the uh, ALDS uh, in about, I don't know, 12 hours when we re-record and release an episode again. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, for now, I think we'll uh, we'll keep the parameters tight around a single play. Before we do that, is there any uh, anything that is... So pressing that we have to banter about it. TBS's pitch tracker? Oh, <laughs> what is going the, on with that thing? It's the last night's good wife of pitch trackers. <laughs> it it's really is. <laughs> what is happening? It's like not even, it's like third base or something is like on the, I don't even know. It's not home plate. What is it? I, it is, <laughs> I, I mean, really, it is like somebody is doing it by hand. Yeah. <laughs> basic. Like it, it's just it's really really bad. Like the uh, an inch down, an inch low looks like it's a foot low. Yeah. Uh, it feels to me like there's two issues with it. One is that the inches off the plate are not to scale. Right. So anything that's off the plate, either low or away, <laughs> it's like half a plate width off the plate. Like every exactly. <laughs> yeah. There's no. There's nothing just off the corner really. Right, exactly. And so you have this feeling that the, either the pitches are way wilder than they are or the calls are way more egregious than they are. And I think the second thing, and I haven't really looked at it systematically, but my my feeling from having watched it plenty is that uh, the the zone is just too low, too low, uh-huh. too, too low. And so um, like they're not adjusting. It's, it seems clear that they're not adjusting it for the batter, for one thing. Yeah. Uh, and, but I mean, that's probably, I don't know, that's probably common. Uh, but it feels like there's, it's just, it's just like, I don't know, particularly at the high side, there's a lot of pitches that are appearing high that look like they're at the belt to me. Uh And so those are the big issues, but yeah, it's weird. It's very odd that you wouldn't be able to get this down because this has been going on for years and it's a direct, I mean, it's the same like it's it's given to you. They hand you a product. Basically, PitchFX hands you a product that is almost foolproof. Yeah. And you're like, nah, gonna, <laughs> gonna, I'm just gonna make a few tweaks to it myself. Yeah, it's really strange. If it if it looked slightly offline and that were the only problem, I could understand that. Like maybe it's just the broadcast view. It's not a direct from behind home plate or from center field camera. So maybe it would look slightly offline. So I can understand if that were the issue, but it's not. <laughs> it's just there's something strange going on. It's not like other pitch trackers. It, I don't even remember TBS pitch tracker being like this last year. So 
I don't know what's going on, but it's strange that they could all be presumably watching this broadcast along with us and not thinking that there was something to correct there. Do you have a, a rankings of national broadcasters? Not not the people specifically, but uh, the networks that we have. Because the national broadcasters, we have basically Fox, uh, Fox Sports 1, which you might want to separate those. I don't know. I haven't seen a Fox Sports 1 game. Th- those are those are blacked out for me. I can see the others, but those are blacked out for me. So I haven't uh-huh. seen them. Other than in, uh, other than having rewatched some stuff after the fact, I haven't, I can't say. But Fox, Fox Sports One, ESPN uh, does games, of course, uh, and then uh, TBS and MLB Network. Do you of those five? Do you have a an an, an order in your head? Not really. I just have TBS at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, I. That's pretty much how I feel. I feel like TBS is at the bottom, and then. ESPN's Sunday Night Baseball is a triumph, right? I mean, That's ESPN's good. Sunday Night Baseball is a beautiful broadcast, and they it is it is visually very good. Uh, they have uh, the broadcast rotation sometimes is better than others, but Dan Schulman is very good, mm-hmm. and um, it seems like the whole thing is done really well. It's the NBC football of broadcasts. Uh huh. And then I like Fox in the postseason a lot, like the real Fox, you know, yeah, Channel, Channel Two or whatever. During the postseason, a lot. During the season, it's pretty hit and miss, I think. But there's still some good teams. Uh, but during the postseason, I think they do a wonderful job. And then yeah, MLB Network and uh, and uh, presumably Fox Sports One mm-hmm. do a very competent job. Yep. And then TBS is kind of a mess. It really is. <laughs> they got uh, I I. Basically, like Ron Darling, and yeah, I like, and I love Dennis Eckersley. So I'll give them credit for those two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's just yeah. I, don't, I never hear about shutdown innings all year, <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then suddenly it's it's just a deluge of shutdown innings. So Cal Ripken's really bad too. Yeah. And how much value do you think is added to having a major league baseball player that everybody has heard of? speaking instead of a major league baseball player who only some people have heard of like if instead of cal ripkin they had i'm just gonna throw a random name out there but like let's imagine that like luis polonia was like a great broadcaster uh-huh. like really good like a plus knew the game had lots to say sense of humor everything was awesome about luis polonia but you know a few million fewer people have ever heard of luis polonia how much value is there in having the famous guy? Because otherwise, it just seems like there's 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 so many baseball players yeah. out there. You ought to be able to do better, unless you think, well, no, there's only thirty that are famous enough for this. No, I don't think the fame would matter that much. Maybe it matters a little bit for pr- promotional purposes, but I can't really imagine anyone is tuning in just because they're huge Cal Ripken fans and they want to hear Cal Ripken. If anything, it's probably destroying their conception of their idol to actually hear him talk but i mean they have pedro and pedro's the most famous baseball player and he's also really good yeah he is and they use sheffield in the studio and i don't know whatever he's fine he has interesting suits and uh but they so they have some famous people like they have hall of famers and hall of fame caliber players so they don't need a token great baseball player so I don't know why they think he would be good, <laughs> despite all the evidence to the contrary thus far. I mean, they're like, I don't think John Smoltz is anything special. Yeah, I don't know. Ripken, 
he doesn't even give you really the like bare minimum of player who played the game and has something interesting to say about playing the game. Like he was doing the Utley game and I felt like he just was a zero when they were yeah. talking about that. Yeah, he was. Yeah, that was bad. We'll probably talk about that. But uh, it, I, they must pay him more than they would pay Luis Polonia, right? Sure. Yeah. And and so it feels weird that they're investing so much money in this one part. I, unless they don't, maybe he works for scale. I don't know. But if they're investing so much money in this one part of it, that uh, that to us feels counterproductive. Then it must be it must be valuable for the broadcast. It just must be that people really that the average fan really wants to hear a person he recognizes. Yeah. Because all the names you just said are, are famous people. Like, it, it, it's not by accident that only Borderline and Clear Hall of Famers are, <laughs> are in these booths. There are others. I mean, there's... A.G. Pruszynski was doing a game the other day, so... Yeah, Pruszynski is... Uh, he's, a, he's a little bit of an, an exception, though. I mean, he's, he's famous beyond his the quality of his performance, and... He, I think the thing about AJ Pruszynski is that he was willing to do this while he was still active. Yeah. And if you're willing to do it while you're still active, you get kind of grandfathered in. You have more valuable for you have more value for being active, I think. Yeah. And you kind of get grandfathered in. Uh, he is not even. He's still active. Yeah. <laughs> he's he is still active right now. He hasn't even been grandfathered in. He's just active. Uh-huh. And active players get to the front of the line. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I. Grew up watching guys like John Flaherty on Yankees broadcasts, which is local local broadcasts. Is true, yeah, right. So I don't know. Maybe it helps with advertisers. Maybe if you tell advertisers that you have Cal Ripken on your broadcast, and Cal Ripken is one of the most beloved baseball figures, maybe that helps you get a higher figure. I don't know. Do you think that Cal Ripken is running the pitch tracker? <laughs> that would explain why he never says anything. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, um, speaking of Cal Ripken, uh, Ripken, well, what did Ripken say about the Outlay slide? He said it was a good hard slide, you know, whatever hard-nosed play. One of the least surprising things whenever some of these things happen is that the former players who are no longer in any peril whatsoever, uh, all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, but in particularly, are pro-danger. Yeah, although Darling did disagree with him. Uh, yeah, Darling, but uh, Darling wasn't a, a middle infielder. So yeah. it's there's I think I, I, it's been a long time since I read Huck Finn, but I think there's a part where what they con like half the town out of some out of their money, like they put on some dumb show or something, or somebody puts on some dumb show and they con like half the town out of their money, and then uh, they know that the half of the town that got conned is going to tell the rest of the town what a great show it was because no one wants to be conned alone. Mm-hmm. And it sort of feels like this. Like if you are if you have to put up with this dumb violence for your entire career, well, then you're sure as heck going to make sure that everybody else has to go through this dumb violence for the rest of your career. And so as soon as you're out of it, then, uh, yeah, like all of a sudden it's no longer a problem and you want to make sure that the younger people have to go through the same thing. It's It's weird because I get that older players or previous generations they always think that the next generation is soft and they always want to have them go through the same the same uh what's the word i'm looking trials trials the same trials as they had to go through and and they want to make them like if if they had to go through adversity they want other people to have to go through the same adversity but it's not like we're talking about like having to do extra work or 
having to be somewhat uncomfortable. We're talking about things that injure players. And is there really anybody who's pro-injury? Is Would anybody say, yeah, the game's better when a lot of guys get injured and can't play for that? Like, it's not like Tejada's faking it. It's not like he's out there, like, just, I don't want to go on, I'm scared. Like, he's not laying there going, take me out of here, it's too scary out right. here. He's not weak-willed. He's not, he's not acting like a child. Something disrupted his body in a very serious way, and he cannot physically move on. That's not like a... That's not a, a generational thing. Like, ligaments and bones and tendons are pretty much, like, non-negotiable. Uh-huh. So it feels very weird that anybody would, like, in this p- specific case, would treat it as a generational thing at all. Like, injuries are just flat-out bad, right? Yeah. But you could also see why what Utley did would be praised or prized at a different time and a different place. Because what he did, even if we object to it because of the result and because of the danger it put another player in, what he did showed hustle, right? It, I mean, he was giving 110% or whatever. That's a quality that we prize in players. He showed bravery, I would say, in a certain way. I mean, he put himself in harm's way. He got hit in the head very hard in a sort of scary-looking way. And those are things that you want a player to do. And it was a pivotal point in the game. The fact that he was safe instead of out may very well have won the game for the Dodgers, and you want your player to just put his body on the line and give every iota of effort he has in a postseason game. So you can see why... Utley would be praised. He'd be a hero for that sort of thing. Like if, uh, I don't know, if Tejada hadn't been hurt, um, then we might talk about this in a different way, or at least there would be less outrage if there hadn't been a broken leg involved. Oh, so you think that it's more about defending, it's more about praising Utley's uh, uh, character for for doing, you don't think that, like, so do you think that most players, if, if that were, because most players know that's an illegal slide, right? Yes, and but they, you can usually get away with it. You can often get away with it, but A, you don't always get away with it. I mean, Tejada was probably not going to turn that double play, and it, it utterly risked uh, having it become a double play, right? Yeah, true, but what was, I mean, when was the last time a thing like that was called i mean i mean i don't know what the it's happened per- in the stompers game <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's like the only i i don't know what the percentages are but it's much easier to come up with examples of times when nothing happened than when there was some sort of penalty or where the penalty is simply getting uh <clears throat> getting thrown at the next game yeah basically yeah um so all right so do you think that how do i phrase this all right We've, let's start with a pool of 100 baseball players who aren't Chase Utley. Okay. How many of them make a slide that egregiously, first of all, of those 100 in that situation? How many do you think make that slide? 20. 20. Okay. So of the 80 who don't, break down their reasons for not doing it. I would say mostly the desire not to hurt someone and not to hurt themselves. Wait, wait, those are two very, very, very different things. <laughs> yeah. Well, those are probably both big, big parts. Like, I don't, I mean, Utley wasn't trying to break someone's leg, and maybe he was just more willing to risk that than the typical player 
he was be. very he was very careless about whether it would break somebody's leg. Though. Yes, definitely. And and especially as a second baseman, he's right. been in that position, and he's shown more. this tendency before, as people have pointed out with screenshots of previous Utley slides, not even that long ago, and you know years ago, him getting in trouble for things like these, like this. So he clearly is more. I don't know what you want to call it. Reckless. If you if you want to say it's irresponsible, you could call it reckless. If you are one of the people who thinks it's good baseball, you just call it daring or something. I don't know. Whatever it is, he he does this more than most players. So I think yeah, it's I think it's partly a disregard for his own safety, which you could say is a positive. Maybe if you if all you care about is winning the game and you just want your players to play their hardest, then. You want your players to kind of put their bodies on the line sometimes, and probably a disregard for the opposing player, which is not a positive quality, or at least I wouldn't regard it as one. So uh, going back to the 80 who don't do this, yeah. some of them don't do it because they don't want to get hurt. Some yeah. of them do it because they don't want to hurt a fellow opponent. Right. Some of them do it because they're uh, lazy. Is this a, like they're just la- they're lazy? They don't want to put that much effort into it. Yeah, I, I'd call it self-preservation more. I mean, I don't know if someone really well, wasn't running and wasn't in a position to slide because he wasn't even that close to the base yet. But being aware of the situation and knowing what's you, yeah. what your role is, what is legal, what right. you're likely to get away with. Uh, like, is it conceivable? Like, would some of those 80, would you describe as simply not being tuned in enough to the situation? Like, they would do it. They're not opposed to hurting another person. Mm-hmm. But they're just sort of like, what? You know, they're just running a second like it's something normal. Like, yeah. is anybody, is any of, are any of the 80 that? I think so, sure. I mean, it, so, this was a, this was a veteran awareness, right? It was a veteran, like, the Dodgers acquired Chase Utley in part because they wanted his veteran you know know-how or whatever and this is kind of part of that to realize that this is a really important situation and you have to pull out all the stops in this situation so yeah i I think there could conceivably be players who just didn't you know weren't thinking and were just saw the ground ball and thought i'm out and that's it and weren't thinking this is a situation where i have to go the extra mile okay so dozens of percent of baseball players today uh in fact wouldn't do this slide for reasons that, in fact, uh, we can praise Chase Utley for being willing to do it. Like, non-sociopath reasons. I think so. Okay, so that's what Cal Ripken et al. Uh, would be responding to, is they're yes. saying, there is an aspect of this that not every player does, and in my delusional view of the past, every player did it then, even though that's not true. But uh, in the present, I see too many players not doing it, and let's stand up for the Chase Utleys, who are willing to go to this length in a positive way to help their team? Yes. Okay. So then you get to the uh, to the to the two aspects of it. Uh, well, the, to the to the fact that uh, there is a rule that enables this that is completely unnecessary, and if you took that rule away, um, then you would uh, prevent it. So there's no. Is there a reason to have the rule? Uh, in any sort of nostalgic way that you see. Which rule are you talking about? The rule that essentially allows this. That just uh, You mean the rule that pre- prohibits it but is not observed? Like yeah, rule, exactly. Rule 5.09A13. 
Yes, there's yes. a lot of right. There's a there's always a difference between the the statute themselves and the actual way that the game is played and enforced. And uh, Major League Baseball can enforce their rules selectively, and as long as they are, you know, choosing not to really enforce this one, it's not really a rule. Yeah, right. And and the rule does explicitly <laughs> prohibit this. It is exactly written to prohibit this type of play. So can every you, can you read the rule? I can read the rule. So. Uh, okay, so it says, A batter is out when a preceding runner shall, in the umpire's judgment, intentionally interfere with a fielder who is attempting to catch a thrown ball or to throw a ball in an attempt to complete any play. And then there's a comment or an explanation. The objective of this rule is to penalize the offensive team for deliberate, unwarranted, unsportsmanlike action by the runner in leaving the baseline for the obvious purpose of crashing the pivot man on a double play Rather than trying to reach the base, obviously this is an umpire's judgment play. Yeah, and and uh, <laughs> I love obviously this is the umpire's <laughs> such a strange authorial voice yeah. in a rule book. Yeah, <laughs> obviously. Uh, but if you if you acknowledge that it's a judgment play, you could very easily say that this would, in an umpire's judgment, outlaw ninety percent of the sides we see because. Mm-hmm. If you are out, for instance, if you if the bat if the runner has caught uh, the fielder has caught the ball and is in process of throwing it, uh, there's really no need to slide in at all. Yeah. And the slide exists primarily to be disruptive. The slide exists primarily to introduce violence into the fielder's uh, efforts and primarily to uh, to physically interfere with his ability to throw the ball. So there's there's very little actual. Uh, cause for sliding into second base on most double plays, except to break it up. And so you could you could arguably say that 90% of what we see is outlawed. Uh, you could very easily say that some portion that's much lower than 90% is on its face flagrantly uh, should be outlawed, um, and Utley falls into that. And not, and maybe, what, one in 500 of these slides that I consider 90% of them is is penalized is dinged maybe yeah and this was uh, i mean this was the most flagrant kind so if you're not gonna rule that if the umpire's judgment is that this doesn't violate that rule then almost nothing does so baseball is in some senses a violent sport um in that you have a pitcher who is throwing a baseball that is perhaps likely at some point to hurt a, a baseball player a hitter and that is uh, unavoidable. Like the point of the game is to throw pitches toward home plate, and as a natural result of that, you're going to sometimes make contact with a batter and hurt him. It is it is uh, along the route of playing baseball. This thing happens by accident, uh, for the most part, right? Yeah. And there are other cases where there might be collisions. If a runner is running to first base and the pitcher is coming over to cover first base on a ground ball to the first baseman, they might collide. That is another sense where baseball players can accidentally and in the course of natural baseball play uh, crash into each other. This one, the breaking up a double play, does not in any way advance the natural playing of the game. uh, Your goal as the runner is to get to second base. It is not in any way... <clears throat> to it shouldn't be in any way by the natural way the game is played be to come into contact with 
or hurt or really in any way interfere with the fielder, except that this is what tradition has done. Uh, but there's no reason that it should be thus, right? You don't, if the third baseman fields the ball and is getting ready to tag you, uh, we don't say, well, r- r- crash into him. Uh, that's that's not allowed, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, this feels like a... So we used to say that for home plate before, home plate. before the recent rule change. But we don't say it at third base, and we don't say it at first base, and it's a fluke of history that we say it for second yeah. base, right? There's no, there's nothing natural about this exemption. No, I guess not. I mean, I mean, it's it's been going on forever, so in that sense, it is, but it doesn't have to be. Yeah, uh, it's it's been going on forever for for no intrinsic reason, though. Right. It is not unavoidable. It is not natural. It doesn't make sense necessarily. It just is a thing that has been done. So, so there's not really an argument for having these slides, other than that they've been. They've always been this way. Now, how much does the it's always been this way uh, argument carry in your head? I mean, we have a pretty good sport, and it has become – it has been a pretty good sport for 150 years with this pretty bad rule. Uh, so are we worrying too much about it just because we uh, didn't like seeing uh, the outcome of it once or more than once? Yeah, well, I'm I'm trying to decide why it is that it bothers us now when it hasn't bothered baseball fans enough for them to get up in arms and change the rule in the past. Maybe that's yeah. just because we can see it now. Everyone can see it the second it happens in slow motion and high definition, and we can rewatch it 20 times. And maybe it's because then we can all just get on Twitter and say how terrible it is right away, and you couldn't have that sort of groundswell in the past when you were just reading about it in a newspaper or something and there was no way to respond immediately. So I don't know whether it's that or whether it's just that there's kind of a, a higher value attached to human life now than than there once was. Just, I don't know, we live a long time relative to how long we used to live and our lives are pretty good and most of us don't have to deal with violence as as a routine event to the extent that we used to. And so this sort of thing is distasteful to us more than it used to be. And these guys are making more money than they used to. And so there's more at stake for them. Although and I, yeah. arguably much less at stake, though, right? Be- because and, they have already made so much. Yeah, the first, the first dollar you make is by far the most valuable one. And, and if, you ha- if you're working because it's your career and otherwise you'll be homeless— as many baseball players did for a century, then your livelihood is extremely valuable. If you're working because you're going to get another million dollars next week, like another one, whoa, (laughs) like how how many millions, like does this cost the super millionaire? Now, Tejada, that is is somewhat exaggerating because Tejada is not a person who is extremely rich. But Tejada is also incidentally extremely rich like he is not he is not going to be unless he unless he blows it he is not going to be worse off than your average person mm-hmm. after this no matter what happens and uh, so I, that doesn't mean i'm not in any way suggesting we shouldn't have tons of sympathy for these players and for what it means for their career but if you're saying that we have a more emotional response to lost income or to a ruined career because these guys are making more i i'm just arguing that quite possible that the emotional response could logically or in fact be the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Well, I, I don't know. I think uh, American society has evolved faster than baseball has, maybe. And, and we're just less comfortable with violence than people used to be, especially when there isn't a reason for the violence or it's not a necessity. Uh-huh. I uh, wonder whether our response to this one in particular particular is that they blew the call in uh-huh. a key situation yeah. and that in fact in fact we're not responding so much to the violence as the overall incompetence of the situation and that i think a like a million more people are rooting for the nets than the dodgers uh-huh. a million a million does is not that many people yeah. i think like a million times more people like dodgers fans are rooting for the dodgers mm-hmm. and everybody else is rooting for the Mets. and i think that there is i i'm i speculate that it might just be that we're really mad that like they had this play that they got completely wrong that they botched about seven different ways it seems like mm-hmm. and we should talk about that as well yeah. but uh, that uh, that it's uh, particularly egregious to see the whole play get messed up like if they if Utley had done this and then and Dahada was injured but Utley had been called out and maybe the runner at first had been called out too I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it, like, I know that it would have been a, a tweet storm. Like, I know that we would be writing columns about it, but I don't know that there would be quite the same volume. Yeah, well, if it had been punished on the field, yes, then we wouldn't need to compensate by adding our voices to this chorus of people who are saying it's terrible. And then when MLB issued the suspension on Sunday night for games three and four, that kind of confirmed that we were right, that there was something to be outraged about, but it also then led to another wave of outrage because it essentially confirms that the umpires got the call wrong, and yet the game stands, the result stands. And so that's an inconsistency, and the fact that he was suspended without even, you know, for something that he wasn't even ejected for, he wasn't even punished at all in the game, and then he was suspended, so it seems like sort of this, you know, post-hoc Roger Goodell-style penalty that is a response to the public response, and yet doesn't correct the initial wrong, in that the Mets still lost the game, and they still lost Ruben Tejada, and so it just seems like, I, I don't, not that there's sympathy for Utley, really, but that it just seems like a inconsistent application of the rule that he's now being punished for something that is punished so rarely that he wasn't even punished during the game and so it just seems like a you know just a a response just kind of off the cuff that is not disproportionate but is inconsistent with the previous punishments or lack of punishments can you explain why utley was safe (laughs) Uh, well, I think the idea was that he was responding to the umpire's call, and the umpire said he was out, and therefore he ran off the field, and that you can't call him out because he was responding to what the umpire said, and that it's a judgment call that the replay official can make, and he can say that if the umpire had ruled him safe, then he would have been able to touch the bag. And the only reason he didn't touch the bag is because he was called out. And the same idea, though, would apply to the defense, right? The the um, the defense chose not to tag him because um, the umpire 
had made the out call, right? Couldn't you just yeah, easily I, say that that if the umpire had not called him out, that the defense would have had the opportunity to tag him? Yeah, you could say that too. Mm. Good rule. <laughs> it's a really good rule. When you think about it, it's the best rule. Yeah. Uh, and um, and the uh, and and why was the neighborhood rule not? I think the neighborhood rule was not in play because it was not a routine play. Like the throw was wide and Tejada was not in position. I mean, he was turned around and sort of off the bag. And so I guess it wasn't routine enough to be a neighborhood play. Do you agree? I, <laughs> not really. You I, think that I, you think Tejada was in the act of turning a double play uh, and could have touched the base with no extra effort given the throw that he got. Well, extra effort. I mean, it would be extra effort relative to a, a throw that was right at chest level without having to reach for it. So, in that sense, it's extra effort. I think it was. I think it was doable. Yeah, doable. But did he not touch second base by choice or not by choice? Is the question. Probably not by choice. So then that wouldn't mean it's not a neighborhood play. Well, I think he was trying to touch it, but couldn't because of the throw and where it was and where he was. Yeah, so that so, that rules out the neighborhood play. Yeah, I guess so. All right. So you, so, so you don't agree, or you do agree. I'm okay Whatever. with it not being a neighborhood play. Okay, all right. And so then lastly, the suspension. Is there any justification for this? I mean, it feels really weird to as you say, suspend a player for something that wasn't even deemed illegal on the field. But um, just because it wasn't deemed illegal on the field doesn't mean it wasn't illegal. Maybe the umpires messed it up. Maybe in review it seemed particularly violent. Uh, and anyway, the umpires have bosses, and their bosses overrule them. So right. uh, it feels very weird. Uh, can it? I don't know. It, it doesn't seem justified here, but it doesn't seem like... It couldn't be justified in slightly different circumstances. Yeah, well, when Ken Rosenthal was interviewing Joe Torre on the broadcast last night, he asked him why suspend Utley when you haven't suspended, you know, Utley in the past for doing this or many other players for doing this. And Torre basically said that he can't change the past, but he can change the present or the future. And so they're doing this because they think it's the right move in this specific situation. And I guess it's a positive in that it's sending a message that this type of play will not be tolerated. And maybe it is just sort of a messy transition between this being widely permitted and it being actually banned by some sort of real rule that addresses this and is enforced. And as Tori mentioned, they're, you know, trying to do that too and maybe have some sort of base or some sort of rule about the runner having to go into the base and not go after the, the the fielder you know something that makes this actually enforceable and enforced and so maybe this is just sort of the messy necessary transition from the way it was to the better way that it will be and that's the positive interpretation of this i suppose yeah the um the tendency to only punish when something bad happens from your bad action yeah. bothers me, and I know it bothers you, too. And it feels silly to decide, well, uh, because Tahada got hurt, he has to get suspended. If Tahada had not gotten hurt, 
then he wouldn't have to get suspended. Feels inconsistent, and I don't like it. Mm-hmm. But I will say that th- this is not th- at least slide to me is not comparable to many of the other ones that were brought up, uh, like the one that um, knocked out Gong, for instance, or the one that uh, sparked the um, brawls between the Royals and the A's earlier this year. I don't know how many slides were worse than Utley's this year, but I'd be surprised if the number was higher than one. Like, this was way, way beyond what we normally talk about as controversial slides, Mm -hmm. Uh, in my opinion. It was... I mean, it was it was completely absurd. It had nothing to do with uh, going into the bag. It had nothing to do with um, anything other than uh, attempting to interfere with a fielder's defensive act by committing violence on him. Yeah. And that's weird. That's weird that it exists. It's weird that it's in any way allowed. And but if you're gonna have, uh, if you're a player and you're gonna have this sport that you police yourself and that therefore the sport doesn't police you the governing uh, body over it doesn't police you you have to know when to chill and utley went way over the chill line way over the chill line to me this is like on its face was absurd and you lose your privileges so he shouldn't be suspended i don't think i don't think that it's uh i don't think that it's necessarily unreasonable to suspend him or to think about it in a situation like this i don't think he should have been but um you know it's obviously dumb and uh obviously utley is the bad guy uh no matter what the rules say and no matter how they're enforced and um i hope that uh i hope that i don't know i hope they change the rule like i've wanted them to change the rule for a while (laughs) yeah and i'm sure that they will but the what do you think the rule will will be when they change it well, from what Tori was saying, it sounds like it would be something like the runner has to go into the base, or maybe he has to make contact with the base before he makes contact with the fielder, something like that. Yeah. So, I don't know. And I don't know how much of the suspension is a desire to forestall any additional blow-ups. Like, if, I don't know whether the Dodgers would have played Utley in these games anyway, but... If they can't play him, then that rules out the possibility of him being retaliated against. And then it's in New York, and so things could get really ugly, and all of New York hates him right now. And so you might just want to avoid that situation. And I don't even know, I mean, by the time people are listen, listening to this, for all we know, the, the suspension might have been appealed and reduced or eliminated. We don't even know, because he is appealing it and has grounds to appeal it and it seems like mlb is trying to rush this through uh although the the hearing is not going to be heard today so i guess he's eligible for game three anyway um so anyway it's a it's a weird case but i guess often we have to have these cases we have to have the buster posey broken leg if we want to have the home plate rule changed and we have to have the Ruben Tejada broken leg if we want to have this rule changed and maybe we have to have some serious pitcher injury getting hit with a line drive to mandate pitcher heads being protected I don't know this is the way that it works in baseball and you have to have Mike Kuba getting killed by a foul ball in order to get you know base coaches wearing helmets and it's just always a very reactive thing. I wonder why Major League Baseball doesn't just do the broadcasts themselves and then give the broadcast to whatever network wants to broadcast it. Because don't you have, don't you sort of feel like, especially with MLB Advanced Media, 
as awesome and developed as it is now, mm-hmm. that they could put together a pretty bang-up broadcast and just whoever wants to pay for the rights to broadcast it, pay for it. Like, why is there such a big difference between, you know, TBS and Fox? Like, why do, Like, why is TBS even trying to do this? What? How does TBS think that they have the ability to put on this, like, awesome national sports telecast? Like, that's not really like what they do uh-huh. and that they're just going to like pick this sport and do it seems weird to me. Yeah. I guess maybe, maybe they think that they can do it. Maybe it's, uh, it's brand building. Maybe they figure mm-hmm. part of the benefit is that you have your distinct brand that people start to get, uh, that people start to feel comfortable with, or maybe it, you are maybe the it network is that sucks at baseball broadcast. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe there is some, kind of overlap in what they do in baseball with what they do in other sports or what other Turner broadcast uh, affiliate uh, networks do with other sports so that they do save on on labor and equipment and they can share resources. I don't know. Yeah, but they, they reach the bare minimum of competence. Like, I can see the game. They're not, like, <laughs> missing whole innings or anything. So uh, No, that's true. They did, yeah, they missed a... They missed a batter the other day, and it was awkward because they, they, I think they were coming back from a highlight, and they came back just in time for the play to be seen, but they hadn't done the like uh, welcome back, and mm-hmm. so everybody just froze, and just nobody said anything for the entirety of this play, <laughs> and then awkwardly it was like, well, that was a okay. Anyway, <laughs> right. yeah, you're right. All right, so- see ya. Okay. All right. So we'll be back. We'll talk about non-Utley subjects. And you can send us emails at podcast at baseballperspectives.com. Join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash effectively wild. Rate and review us on iTunes and support our sponsor, The Play Index, by going to baseballreference.com and using coupon code PP to get the discounted price of $30 on a one-year subscription. We'll be back tomorrow.